set the sail with Captain Morgan. Oh, we never leave dry land. Hey, troubles, I forgot them. I buried them in the sand. Hey, everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 87 of Justified Pursuit. I'm about to turn into a pina colada chism. I've spent the last uh, five days or so on the beach and literally bring me two pina coladas. That was the life I was living, celebrating Mama's 40th birthday. We had a great time. There are some ridiculous COVID things still that I want to tell you about. Um, but how are you? I'm doing good. Tell me about it. Yeah, so no coladas. restrictions on the plane. You know that. You're fine. You, you flew to California last week. That was cool. No restrictions at the airports. No nothing until you get to the resort. And the whole staff is wearing masks. And I mean, from the people at the front desk to the, you know how they have at these resorts, like the entertainment crew that does like the pool, uh, room, Roomba or whatever the hell, basketball, volleyball. What? Is it called Roomba? Like the dancing things? I think, uh, like yeah, a, I think it's a, called Roomba. Roomba, okay. Or is that a vacuum? That little vacuum. It's definitely a vacuum, but maybe it's also a dance. Or you think you're talking about the mambo? No, I know there's a maybe another dance that sort of sounds like Roomba, but I. Uh, it's definitely Roomba. Yeah. So anyway, they're wearing masks in the pool, dude. In the in the pool. pool. Yes, in while, the pool. While they're That's playing awesome volleyball and basketball with us every day, eleven o'clock full volleyball, twelve o'clock full basketball. Uh, it was awesome to kind of awesome where it tears your feet up because you were playing so hard. So I said I was sitting on my fat ass drinking pina coladas. I actually did some exercise, played uh, sand volleyball too. And um, how where, where, where would you guess or do you know for sure where most of these uh, pool pool enjoying mask wearers were? Where from? Where are they from? I'm asking. No, they were the staff. Oh, the staff. Oh. The staff still had to wear the mask. Gotcha. And, and we went with uh, our friend Mickey, guest of the show, and his wife. And um, I, he really was pissed off. He's like, what if we just said we're all leaving if they don't take their masks off because it's so stupid? <laughs> I was like, well, then we'd all leave because they can't take the risk, right? That That's the whole thing is like they can't afford to have <sighs> Americans say, oh, we got sick at Secrets in Cancun or whatever. Um, but, so that was stupid. You're playing basketball with someone who's swimming with a mask on. The dumbest thing, though, that happened, we got over that. I could care less, whatever. That's They're, they're there to make a living. They're doing what they're told to do. They've got to make a living. Um, the stupidest thing was coming back, going to the airport in Cancun. You go, you check in, you're ready to get on your flight, and then you have to go through security. And Mickey and Kelly were ahead of us. And he's like, dude, they won't let me through without a mask. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you have to wear a mask. And a guy had already come up to me and tried to sell me a mask for $3. I was like, I said, look around this airport. No one is wearing a mask. I'm not buying your stupid mask. Get away from me. And I just went in and checked my stuff. Well, I get up to security to go through the security checkpoint. And the guy's like, well, this is what I had done. I had taken Aaron's jacket and wrapped around my face. And he was like, that's not a mask. That's a jacket. And I said, look around at all these clothes. Probably masks. 10 times better than your stupid ass mask. Right. A whole said, jacket? This is my mask. a whole jacket says, across your face? That's a jacket. I said, fine, whatever. So then instead of walking through the zigzag thing, like to go through security, I just walked through and just popped every one of those things. And I could hear Aaron going, Cable, stop being a jerk. You know, and I was like, screw these people. I popped them all. Just then I had to go buy a mask for $2.59 at the uh, airport 
convenience store. Shocked Come back through, put the mask incident. on my face. And when, before I get there, I wrap Aaron's jacket up around my face again. <laughs> and I get up to the same guy purposely, and he goes, that's a jacket. And I said, screw you. And I pulled it down and said, that's a mask. And I just walked by him. <laughs> How many pina coladas did you have before you all headed to the airport? Like three or <laughs> yeah, Okay. Know. So this yeah. was a, a rum-fueled little tirade you were yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, it, I was not happy about that. It, but, but here's the stupidest thing. You go through security. Literally, you grab your bag after the x-ray machine, take your mask off. That's it. It was a 20-yard space in the airport where you had to wear a mask. No one uh, dude, else I mean, you have to wear one. I mean, it's Groundhog Day. We've been saying this for two full years now, and none of it has ever made sense. None of it ever will make sense. It just it doesn't have to make sense because it's just a control. It's just, it's just about control. Jeez. Yeah. So that was it's about the, control uh, and, com- and and convincing sheep that that we're doing all we can from the scary B one A five two seven nine or we're wearing masks in the pool and then we're enforcing a mask mandate for twenty yards inside of a massive airport. I don't understand it, but like you said, it doesn't have to make sense. Um, yeah. So that's what I was doing, and um, we had a great time though, relaxing and slept in. Oh man, I think. That might have been the best part. Just the sleeping. Well, and the other things that happens before sleeping between a on a birthday trip. Hopefully before spouses. and after. Oh, just nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um trying to think. Uh, oh, I went fishing while you were gone. With, How was uh, that? Longtime friend of ours from way back in the day. Um, uh, it was good. A couple of friends actually. Um, it was a full moon. So the bite was finicky and slow, but we still managed to scratch out limits of trout two days in a row and probably half a limit of reds. I caught the tournament's biggest red, won me a little Yeti cooler. Nice. Um, man, the swag bag it was an awesome little tournament. It was, a there's a lodge down in Matagorda. Give me a shout out. It's called run and gun uh adventure lodge they do like duck hunts and uh fishing and everything and uh they do um at the same time as the texas oilman's tournament they do this year was an 18 boat uh kind of little private tournament so they've got guides you know both full-time and then like part-time guides that run in and out of their lodge so there are 18 boats the place sleeps it's got nine bunk rooms that sleep like six each so 18 four-man teams and um guided no restrictions on bait or anything um though so my point is there was a little swag bag when we got there and there were freaking costa del mars in the swag bag it must have been a, a pretty substantial entry fee um my good friend Keith just said, "Come fishing with us." I said, okay, <laughs> I know. I got. I said, what the, can, uh, I said, "What do I owe you?" He said, "Don't worry about it. Just come fishing." I got the third party right. invite, so yeah, yeah you invited me because you needed another person. I was like, "Well, I'm going to be yep. in Mexico," and uh, we did not go fishing because of uh, our experience on our 10 year anniversary, where Aaron was puking over the side of the rail the whole time. Mm. So we just skipped yeah. that. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it's good to just chill. It was good. Play mask volleyball good. in the pool. The staff, the staff, everyone else was kind of like, what is going on? I mean, yeah, it was insane. Um, okay. I want to start with the Pelosi's today. Um, 
because did you see where Paul Pelosi, the drunk, he Wait. has long been accused of insider I thought, trading. I thought Nancy was the drunk. Well, he's the one that got arrested for drunk right. driving. They're yeah. both drunks. Mm-hmm. They're drunks worth $114 million through her yep. career politics because he keeps getting these insider trading tips. And uh, a couple weeks ago, and this just came out, uh, he he dropped, they don't know how much, between one and five million he purchased in NVIDIA stocks, which is a computer chip manufacturer in the energy sector, basically for like semiconductors. This was days before Congress voted on subsidies in the billion dollar range for said energy sector. So, you know who covered it? None of the major news outlets, none, only Fox, um, which isn't surprising, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I saw it. It's, um, man, it, it, they're rubbing our noses in it like dogs, like pups that have crapped in the, on the floor on, on every front. Like everything. It's like, I mean, she even said it when they were called out about this about what nine months ago. She was like, Well, this is a this is the free market. This is a we're a capitalist country. We should be able to make a buck in the stock market. And it's like, yeah, but you know what's gonna happen. And That's you know how the vote is gonna turn out too. Martha Stewart went to jail for this, hmm. you old bag. Yeah. Well, maybe then so you know, of course, after she's made your her hundred million dollars you know, over a 40 year career in politics, she's like, well, maybe it's time we change the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it uh, is. Nancy. So, uh, but I mean that, you know, Hunter, uh, all dude, all of it. Oh, the, the time well, magazine play... article. Everybody who hasn't read the time magazine article from February of last year about the shadow campaign to save the presidential election. The, the weird thing <sighs> is, is that you only get the, this news on Fox News and then all of the, t- the what the left would say is the right wing propaganda news outlets. Well, that's because the left won't report on it because they don't report the news. I got a, a shirt I really want to buy. Do you know who David Harris Jr. is? Yeah. He's a uh, he's a, a black conservative uh, intellectual, you know, basically social media influencer guy. Mm. Right. Um he posts a lot of videos of himself on Instagram, like walking through airports with like a MAGA hat and like, you know, he was be walking through airports with no masks before the mask thing was uh, lifted. Right. But he has a bunch of different shirts. He's always pimping on his Instagram site. And the most recent one that I really liked is uh, I need some new conspiracy theory theories because all my old ones have come true. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, I am going to play this quick little clip from james comer um he is a uh, congressman from kentucky just basically what we just talked about but coming from the horse's mouth here this is terrible this is another bad example of nancy pelosi's leadership and this isn't the first time that uh, her husband did, did this he bought stock options ahead of all the big tech hearings and of course nothing happened there so nancy pelosi is the ultimate insider and uh, not only is is her husband buying stock options on a much higher level than the average member of congress average member of congress might buy five or six thousand dollars worth of stock he's buying five hundred thousand dollars worth of stock he's buying stock options which expire so uh, to be able to trade talk stock options profitably you have to know uh, exactly which direction that stock's going to move 
and you can make a huge profit. So this is wrong. This is another example of uh, the media turning a blind eye to Nancy Pelosi's bad behavior and unethical behavior. You know what? $5,000 is still too much. Like I don't, if you're an ins- if you're getting insider information. So I do have a problem with that. It, if the Republican guys are still buying stock with this information, it should be illegal for all of them. It's horse- yeah. We've pointed out before, right? That, so there was a, there was a, uh, an actual piece of journalism or I think earlier this year that that's rare when this, yeah, exactly. When this whole thing really, you know, hit the news, what maybe February, it feels like, or, you know, first quarter of the year, like, Hey, look at how all these congressmen are cheating and women. Um, Dan Crenshaw was number three on the list of all 500 some odd yeah. uh, people in both the house and the Senate number three last year in terms of earnings from the stock market, a 37 year old guy, who was, you know, in the military in his 20s, who, you know, went and got a master's degree and really, from what I know, has no experience beyond his military time, which wouldn't have made him a whole lot of money. And now he's in Congress, right, which he got into in like the age of 34. And yet he has the capital. First of all, he has the capital to invest to make him the third highest earner in all of Congress. Second of all, he sure is good at picking stocks. Right. Like, mm. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, like you said, the elites just rubbing our faces in it. Um, continuing with Pelosi, she is planning a visit to Taiwan. I don't know if you've heard about this. She was supposed to go in April, but got COVID. Couldn't go. Uh, this, my friend. I think you're burying the lead on recent politicians catching COVID, by the way. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, uh, which actually just broke. But. You know, I'm go- I'm sticking to the run sheet. Okay, this, we'll get baby. to Biden's COVID situation in a moment. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we've got uh, the Chinese government a little pissed off right now about possible Pelosi visit to Taiwan. And have you been paying attention to? It's like an exercise in military exploration right now. The U.S. is purposely going into. Taiwanese waters. I think it's called the Taiwan Strait, which China claims governance over. The U.S. doesn't accept that claim. And so we've been kind of going into their waters. China's been doing the same thing, going into Taiwanese waters. Nobody really is supposed to be doing it, but it's pissing off its, each country and it's really raising tensions. Uh, but the Chinese foreign minister spokesman Zhao Luan had this to say about Pelosi possibly visiting Taiwan. China firmly opposes any form of official exchange between the United States and Taiwan. As a part of the government, the U.S. Congress should strictly abide by the One China policy. If the U.S. House Speaker Pelosi visits Taiwan, it will seriously violate the One China policy and the three Sino-U.S. joint communiques. It will seriously undermine China's sovereignty and territorial integrity and impact the political foundations of China-U.S. relations. It will send the wrong signal to Taiwan independence separatist forces. China firmly opposes this. The China One policy. Do not come to Taiwan. I mean, we know all they need to do is offer her two or three times more money than she's making to go there. It's true, but that's not what this is about, <clears throat> dude. We are this. 
if you do a little study of history of World War One and World War Two, there's not we have pegged uh, World War One to the assassination of um, a duke, Archduke uh, Ferdinand, I think, right? I think so, yeah. Um, but in reality, it was brewing like that. And even once that happened, it's not like the next day we were in World War One, right? It was the first shoe supposedly to drop but there were tensions there were heavy tensions brewing prior to that thanks son mm-hmm. um and similarly world war ii they, they 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 started with like non-military conflict then there were you know little instances and then you know over time it developed into full-blown you know trench warfare and all that stuff right well What's going on in the in Ukraine is that we are in the midst of, I, I think, the beginning stages of World War III. That doesn't mean the world's going to end and that humanity is going to be destroyed necessarily like we've always assumed with World War III. Yeah. But that's what's happening right now, man, because it's, it's not just Ukraine and it's not just the China to Taiwan thing, but there is a global economic divorce going on we haven't even talked about this but have you heard of BRICS? well i i'm gonna interject here i did see putin this week said the american world order has ended so kind of on point with what you're saying exactly i mean it's that's exactly what i'm saying that's russia's declaration right BRICS stands for brazil russia india and china b-r-i-c uh and maybe there's the s uh maybe saudi syria there's an S on the end. It wouldn't be but Saudi. We're friendly with Saudi. Yeah, I think it might be Syria. And we're pre- I thought we were friendly with Brazil. I love Brazil. Done a lot of mission work there. Um, enjoyed my time in the Amazon. Beautiful place. Beautiful people. Are they part of? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm googling while we're while we're talking. They don't even have uh, so in the Amazon rainforest. We played a lot of soccer on those mission trips. They don't have lawnmowers. They let the cows graze the soccer fields and then you just they just run around barefoot and cow crap that's how much they like soccer um yeah awesome <laughs> they do love soccer down there they're pretty good at it yeah so okay so bricks I'm looking at it oh maybe south africa is the s yeah oh yeah so i'm looking at China's President Xi Jinping, Russian President Vlad Putin, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi, and South African President Cyril Ramaphosa. Can Ramaphosa. we substitute president for dictator in the case of China and Russia? Uh, it would certainly be, you know, I think more accurate. <laughs> um, no different than the deep state being the, you know, dictator of our country um so anyway it's this group of countries that are all i think all part of uh opec as well i'm not mistaken certainly most of those are um you know they're they're getting away from the u.s dollar um they're basically like he like you just said putin pointing out that you know the, the the era of the american world order has ended they have they're starting a whole new financial system not based on the u.s dollar like it says right here uh, it's seen countries discussing issues like how to settle trade in their own currencies outside the U.S. dollar system. We have been the world reserve currency since 
I don't remember when, dude, since post-World War II for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this has to do with Russia getting cut off from something called the SWIFT system, right? And all the sh- sanctions that have been imposed on Russia due to Ukraine. And yet, somehow, the Russian ruble is like the strongest it's ever been, despite all that, right? Like, well, that's because war fight. is good for business. They are. And the thing is, I remember first hearing about all these countries, although plus France, having conversations, I think back in like 2014. There were meetings where they were talking about, you know, basically divorcing from the U.S. dollar. This would have been back when, if you remember, um, like uh, uh, one of those major international banks, Swiss Bank, or one of those, you know, huge European banks was that that do the credit ratings. Mm-hmm. We're downgrading America's AAA credit rating, right? Because our debt had gotten out of control. During that time, these countries were talking about divorcing from the U.S. dollar. This is massive stuff dude and and you know this this war in ukraine in my opinion is more of a pretext for the actual economic war that's going on you know what i mean like yeah and it's not just those those what five countries they've got uh, this particular article i'm looking at doesn't list them all but a whole bunch of other countries have sort of joined in BRICS is just that initial five countries um there's a whole bunch of other countries in that, you know, that you could imagine in that block, right? So it's basically like you've got the what they're calling the Western world order, the American world order, whatever you want to call it, right? Western Europe and the United States and Canada. And then BRICS, it's the same as the allies and the Axis, right? Like that's where we're at. Hmm. Well, and I think that uh, more, even more so than the Ukraine situation. Oh, interestingly, the fight here. over Taiwan could be what really ignites World War Three. There's, did you know how many people live dude, in Taiwan? By the way, it's, it's planned, dude. You know, Although Brazil voted to condemn Russia's people. aggression, it's a lot of people. It's more than I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big place. You're you're kind of right on Bolsonaro. He hedged and said he's that he's staying neutral. On which one? Uh, the 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 Brazilian president Bolsonaro, okay. yeah. Brazil voted to condemn Russia's aggression against the Ukraine. Oh no no okay so he was staying in neutral as it pertained to Russia. Okay so the the cunt like I guess their 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 parliament or Congress or whatever the hell Brazil has, you know, voted to condemn Russia's aggression against Ukraine. The president Bolsonaro said he's remaining neutral on the matter. Hmm. Um, yeah. So he's still anyway, this is a big deal. Like, I wish I had, you know, better and more details for people. But, you know, just check out the BRICS, the BRICS Summit, and look at what's going on, on the, in the global financial markets as a result of what, it, you know, what we're being told all started with the Ukraine invasion by Russia. But it doesn't have anything to do with it, dude. This is all like, this is all World Economic Forum, new, new world order crap. Mm. It's all part about taking down you know, the U S dollar and America's position as the, you know, global superpower. And, you know, it brings up an interesting question is why, why are Americans like the deep state? So willing to undermine America? Well, and I guess the answer is because their plan is it will keep them in power in perpetuity as part of a global elitist system instead of just, you know, a national, yeah, that's a, absolutely. I mean, it, it's global elitism. Yeah, 
they they want this yeah this this global system where you know they're in charge they dictate you know i think they probably buy a lot of their crap about overpopulate about overpopulation and you know environmental degradation and all that and they really think they're the smartest human beings on the planet and should be you know placed in charge of things they they being you know the ultra wealthy you know superpower brokers at the sort of individual and corporate level across the globe well you know what they should be thanking the supreme court right now because there's a growing trend among women under the age of 35 that are now getting sterilized after Roe versus Wade. <laughs> you know what I say? Good. You were never fit to be a mom anyway. I, Good. Like, I, I, I threw this out there. Mofax's theory about what a lot of this has to do with, the, you know, the, the, the free thinkers are sterilizing themselves in lots of different, the not th- those who are not free thinkers are sterilizing themselves in lots of different ways. Weirdly, you know what else the, they could do? A lot of you know what else they could do in states where abortion is still legal. They so could like, weird. They, they could take the pill. They could like uh, use an IUD. They could just um, not have random sex with men. They don't want to have kids with. Or women, op- you know, women options. have dicks too. All options. Yeah. Oh, actually a uh, transgender dude well it's a man was he knocked up two women in like a new jersey prison recently <laughs> the initial reports were that he was pregnant somehow also but then i saw that sort of fall away so i don't that's not everybody was possible. like wait that's you can go as far as you want with this whole tranny thing but that's not possible right right um so joe biden today and this just dropped like minutes ago uh COVID positive, despite having been double vaxxed, double boosted, double vaxxed and double boosted Four, yeah, gene, so, gene therapy, experimental I'm, shots. We won't say what I, uh, we won't read what I wrote in the text to you on that. It's uh, not PC, my thoughts on that, but uh, um, we're not a PC show. Maybe it is fair game, but anyway, that's weird that he has uh, contracted COVID, but did you know he also has cancer, Chisholm? <laughs> He has cancer. Yeah. Joe, Joe Biden has cancer. It's so sad. I don't know. It's an unexpected. No one knew. But here's this uh, his latest audio gaffe. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. That's why I and so many people I grew up with have cancer. Uh, very quickly, a White House aide came to the rescue and said, no, no, no. He meant uh, he had some cancerous uh, like plate skin patches removed before he took office. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know how quick on your feet and creative you have to be to be in Joe Biden's communication team? Yeah. I mean, they they're, have to just be looking at impressive. each other like, what dumpster fire do we have to put out today? Oh, the whole yeah. thing's a dumpster fire. We just be on your toes. Like, right? Like you said. The part you missed there that was right before that was that it was because of like apparently oil in the air mm. that would smear on the windshield uh, when you turn on the wipers. So that's how he got their claiming skin cancer. Uh, right. That doesn't make sense, Mm-mm. but okay. So yeah, he has COVID and cancer, according to him. Uh, Leah Thomas. The first one is definitely true. He definitely has COVID. Leah Thomas nominated this is the the trans pin swimmer who we talked about in detail on the show uh she has a dick and is swimming against biological women 
kicking their asses, setting new NCAA records in the process because she sucked at swinging against real men. So went over to the other side of the pool and started uh, destroying the women's field. Well, anyway, the NCAA this past week nominated her for Woman of the Year. What a progressive. I thought it was the school of the pen. I thought it was pen itself. No, dude. NCAA Woman of the Year. Gross. Should be the same to themselves. That's the sad thing, dude. I mean, we've said it a million times, but it's such an attack on women. Right. You know, remember right. when, when Caitlyn Jenner got woman of the year from the ESPYs? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you got a wiener. Rachel, Rachel Levine gets acknowledged as the first female. She's got a military position in health and human services, but the, I guess maybe I don't remember what the first female. And that's the thing. They called her female, not woman. Right. Because there was a time. And some of them still try to do this where these crazy people will split hairs between man and woman and male and female. Right. They'll say, and I think this came up in that. What is a woman documentary? They'll say, you know, male and female applies to sex, man and woman applies to gender. Right. And those aren't the same thing. They can be decoupled. Right. Mm. Gender, gen, gender is a social construct and, and sex is biological. Gender is fluid. Doesn't mean that. But these people that acknowledge that, that claim Rachel Levine, who was a man into his 50s who had multiple children. Oh my God. He's so ugly. Was the first female uh, associate uh, or yeah, de- deputy secretary of Department of Health and Human Services, I think. Who, by the way, just last week again was talking about how important it was to biologically transgender kids as young as 12. They don't hide it, dude. They don't even try to hide it. No, they don't. Um, that's like, first of all, it's an attack on, on, on womanhood because that person should not be acknowledged as the first woman. But then again, now they're actually, dude, the <laughs> Miriam Webster I saw changed this. the definition of, not again, not woman, female. There's a new adi- additional definition of female, which includes people who identify as the opposite of male. Mm-hmm. Well, they did it for female, woman, and girl. All of them changed. Right. But, but again, like the, the ball just like the, they just keep shifting the goalposts farther and farther. It's like right when they think they've gained a little bit of ground on the idea of woman and man being different than male and female, it's like, no, we mean that too. There's just no such thing as biology anymore. Mm-hmm. Which we know science is racist and apparently sexist and homophobic and gen- and transphobic. So, so I'm here to tell you that the uh, LGB community, I think, dude, they're the ones that are being disenfranchised here, like lesbian, gays, bisexuals. Uh, it, it they're getting left in the dust, and it's all about trannies now. I think they're oh, tired, totally, of dude. It. And many of them are. There's a whole movement among the gay community to kick the transgenders out. (laughs) Well, they're saying like, well, gay men started pointing out a while back, like, okay, you know, say you're an effeminate, uh, you know, teenager male, right. Mm. That's attracted to the opposite up until now. Like the the stat was something like 95% of every, gender confused child gender dysphoric child would just end up gay right Right. well now that they're invasively demanding that you start screwing with a kid's hormones they're creating trannies 
out of what would have just ended up gay people. And these gay men are saying, what would I, what would have happened to me if I had grown up 15, 20, 30 years later in today's era and shown the signs that I showed, you know, I'm, they, they are perfectly happy being gay men in America, but they would have ended up being having their hormones screwed with, and they're not down with that. And even furthermore, there was a big thing going around the internet in the last couple of weeks that was like an anti, a, you know, an anti-grooming. It was a petition going around on social media and stuff. Gays against grooming. I think it was called gays against grooming. I like that. I they're, approve they're, of that. Yeah. They're acknowledging like, what are we doing to these kids, man? So, yeah. Anyway. Well, and the Biden administration just doubled down on Essentially making all of us pander to the half of a half of a fraction of a percent of the population. Luckily, though, luckily, though, this past week, a judge out of Tennessee had a little common sense, Chisholm, and this was on MSNBC. That could be a major setback for LGBTQ rights. A judge in Tennessee has temporarily blocked a federal directive that protects students and workers from being discriminated against based on their sexual orientation or identity. The judge's decision comes after attorney generals from 20 states sued the Biden administration in August over the directive. So for now, states are not required to provide bathrooms and showers for trans people, nor can states enact policies that prevent students from participating in sports teams that align with their gender identity. There's bound to be an appeal. We'll keep an eye out and keep you informed in all of the developments. The audacity of her to use the term protect. What about protecting the 99% of the kids that aren't haven't succumbed to this indoctrination like my kids and your kids. And she, she also just did. She also just did exactly what we were just talking about, where she called it an attack on LGBTQ or STUV. Right. But all it was was about trans bathroom stuff, uh-huh. you know, and transports. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Dave Chappelle has a brilliant bit on this. Well, I've seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah he took like a lot of heat or, publicly. For yeah, it, yeah. It was like two or three specials ago, but he was, yeah. he's like, they cram them all in the same car together. But the reality is like, you got the L driving and she can't stand the G and the G can't stand the L. Right. And then the, the B's in the back going, can't we all just get along? But they're all looking at the T going, who, who the F invited you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird existence to have grown up in the eighties and nineties. And then here we are with our kids. Nobody could have ever predicted that this is where we would be. No, there's no, I mean, you couldn't, I mean, I could think, you ever have imagined I'm, this? No. I think Yuri Bezmanov probably predicted this. In fact, I, I know that he did, but Yuri Bezanov was a KGB defector that came to the Amer- Americas in the late seventies, early eighties, and there's uh, hours of footage of him telling me, interviewers um, that the uh, Asian communists, meaning Russia and China, are undermining American society through propaganda, uh, starting with the academic, you know, well, starting at the academic level and through you know manipulation of media. And that it, that their goal would be to basically brainwash a generation or two into uh, believing things that aren't real and hating their country. And here we are. I also have to take There's some links to him with, in the old show notes that I used to keep up with. So, yeah, you really slack on that. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> so the other thing is... Just keep talking about all the same shit. Like I've got well, a, a thousand links in there. The same stuff is keeps coming up every week with the envelope I'm just, saying, just like, being pushed a little further. Yeah. You know, like uh, 
but just assume thing, we're like, right. So, and if we're not totally right, we're real damn close. Why, why does the Biden administration think that they have the power to dictate to the states about those bathroom situations in sports? Dude, it's that's a state the fundamental thing. difference between a Democrat and a Republican in the first place. The fundamental difference between the Democrats and the Republic or Republicans are, is what is the role of local, state, and the federal government? The Democrats believe in a top-down system, and the Republicans are supposed to leave, believe in a bottom-up system. Mm-hmm. That's why. They never believed in federalism, ever. So his latest pandering, though, to the trans community is, uh, and we sent each other uh, links on this thing, which <laughs> this is just mind-blowing. It's like, I can't believe it gets worse than what we've already talked about today, but it does. And here's the deal is the Biden administration has recommended to the CDC to construct chat rooms for minors. The point of the chat rooms being transgender indoctrination. Here's the here's it's a safe space where confused kids can talk. And oh, by the way, what happens in the government's transgender chat room stays in the government's transgender. Tell me if you can find any. That's that's one of the rules. Here's the here are the details of these chat rooms. Mixes adults and children. Discuss sex, polyamorous relationships, the occult, sex change operations and activism. The occult. Uh, They are partially run by Planned Parenthood, by the way. And the best part, which you said, they are designed to be quickly hidden from your device so that your parents can't see what you're up to. And this is coming from the CDC as directed by Biden, his administration. Biden doesn't know what the hell is going on. Somebody said, hey, do this. And so they did. Some of the things I've heard since the whole uh, groomer bill in in Florida is people pointing out, like, make sure your kids know that if an adult that is not their parent is telling them, talk to me about your identity and your sexual orientation or anything you're, well, my kids are seven, nine, nine. So under, I would just say if they're trying under, to talk to you about your privates or any kind of feelings, don't listen to them. Well, but if they say and don't tell your parents about this, which that's what's happening in these schools, right? Right. They're bringing in people to teach this crap and they're starting the whole conversation. This stuff's documented. We're going to have a, a conversation. This is going to be a safe space where we're going to have a, a conversation about this and that. And we just we would encourage you all kids. Don't don't go home and tell your parents about this. It needs to stay private amongst us. Mm. Yeah, so the federal government is doing that with this effing chat room. I, you know, I I think I brought up. I really need to get to this episode. atheist thing, so you know, yeah. make sure. That's I think I brought up close. on a previous episode though that uh, I have a buddy in California whose school said, "Can you?" It was the end of the year survey, and they were sending it out to the kids. And you know, I told you what the like one of the questions was: Do you ever have feelings that doesn't identify with you being a boy or girl? Like you know, trying to confuse the kids. And he was like, no, hell no, you cannot give my kids this survey. Um, he told me this, and this is tr- this will lead perfectly into what you want to talk about, atheism. He told me his daughter came home from school, and keep in mind, you're not allowed to pray or have organized religion in school, right, Chisholm? Right. The answer is right. correct. Uh, they had a Buddhist monk come into their classroom and do a big spiel on Buddhism, meditating, he finds out about it. He calls the school. He's like, I'm an ordained pastor. I want to come do the same thing from a Christian perspective. And they were like, no, can't do it. Yep. But he's like, but you just had a Buddhist monk in here. Yeah. 
Nope, can't do it. So I'll let you take that ball and run with it. Judeo-Christianity is still the, quote, status quo in this country when it comes to a religious perspective. So the left, who's all about a ter- overturning the status quo, must suppress. Dude, there's a guy. Oh, what's that guy's name? This might have been Marcusa, but I want to say it was somebody else. Coined the term <clears throat> oppressive, re- repressive tolerance. Repressive tolerance. I'm pretty sure that was Marcusa. That's the guy that brought the Frankfurt School from Germany mm-hmm. to the United States that we talked about, I think, in the last episode. Basically brought and then was the one who was like, hey, we need to, you know, bail out on the old school version of Marxism and adopt this new identity based version of Marxism and promote it, you know, to cram it into kids' brains, but you know, with the media. Repressive tolerance was his term. And that was repress anything from the what he considered the right and and, and embrace and tolerate anything from the left, anything, right? So that's why, you know, Ben Shapiro, they'll claim they, they're for freedom of speech, although nowadays they don't even claim that, right? But Ben Shapiro can't talk on a college campus, but, um, you know, people can praise Mao, right? So Ben Shapiro can't go on there and talk about, like, the founding of this country and the theories of John Locke and, you know, all of these intellectuals who gave rise to western liberal democracy <clears throat> but they can you know but but you know chavez and and castro and uh you know these kind of guys are you know there's whole classes taught on, on their on their teachings right hey, so, kids walk around so, with chi guerrero shirts all the time yeah that was the other guy i was trying to think of so the the christian pastor can't be allowed to speak because he's coming from the oppressive, you know, status quo regime. Um, but any other religion is going to be allowed to speak under freedom of, you know, freedom of, of religion and speech and expression. So it only applies like that. Basically what they do is they, they tear they tailor our bill of rights to leftist causes, but repress any right wing cause because they're like, well, there's already been too much of y'all. Yeah. Oh, and nothing's more toxic than being a white male Christian. Right. So I've heard. So anyway, get to what you want to get to because it's very important. Yeah. So this popped up on my radar already almost two weeks ago, probably. And, you know, this stuff comes so fast. I'm going to start a note page on my phone where when I have when I hear something, I can I'm going to try really hard to remember to immediately make a note of it. That yeah. way it doesn't go, you know, weeks before I think about it again. But yeah, one of the things I was listening to through this out there, got no new, I, I've heard about it in exactly one place. I'm looking at state.gov, the U.S. Department of State's official government website, state.gov. This is uh, in their tabs, uh, statements of interest, requests for proposals and notices of funding opportunities. So it's like a, like a sub page within the state's department's website. It's basically like, Hey, here's some things we're willing to throw money at. Come up with a proposal, right? DRLFY20IRF promoting and defending religious freedom inclusive of atheist, humanist, non-practicing and non-affiliated individuals. Interesting, right? Like it starts off with promoting and defending religious freedom. Wow, from the Biden administration, from the left, that sounds great. But then you keep reading and it's like inclusive of Atheist, humanist, non-practicing, 
and non-affiliating individuals. So you're like, oh, okay, so there's a an atheist agenda in this thing. That's interesting. Funding opportunity announcement. Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor. They are offering half a million dollars, one to two awards worth a half a million dollars, a grant or cooperative agreement for 18 to 30 months worth of funding. Available funds will be four to six months from the publish of this, which was June 7th of last June. So I guess this money's probably already been spent. <laughs> June 7th of 2021. <clears throat> the U.S. State Department Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor announces an open competition for organizations interested in submitting applications for project that support, projects that support religious freedom globally. That sounds noble. That sounds like the kind of thing the State Department should be doing. Promoting, you know, the, the First Amendment of the United States and all the liberty that it provides in places of the world where that's not available. And we're spending money on that. Right. I mean, you could certainly argue Who why. Who gives a crap? But, but uh, yeah. quote, religious freedom refers to the right set out in Article 18 of the International Covenant on Civil... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, including the freedom to adopt a religion or beliefs, change your beliefs, practice and teach your beliefs, which may include through publications, public and private speech, and the display of religious attire or symbols, Gather in community with others to worship and observe your beliefs and teach your beliefs to your children. It also states that no one shall be subject to coercion that would impair one's freedom or have a right to adopt or, or have one's freedoms to have or to adopt a religion or belief of his or her choice. Proposed programming must be responsive to restrictions on religious freedoms and must be in line with the U.S. government's religious freedom and democracy governance and humans' rights goals. Again, still sounds like we're two paragraphs in. Sounds like a, I don't know, somewhat worthwhile effort, right? Uh -huh. Applicants will be responsible for ensuring that the program activities and products are implemented in accordance with the establishment cause of the United States Constitution. That would be Article 1 that says that the government shall not establish a preferred religion, right? Now we get to paragraph 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 of this uh, half a million dollar grant that's being dangled out there. The DRL's goal is to ensure everyone enjoys religious freedom, including the freedom to dissent from religious belief and to not practice or adhere to a religion. By not adhering to a predominant religious tradition, many individuals face discrimination in employment, housing, and civil and criminal proceedings and other areas, especially in the context of intersectional identities. Intersectional means... Uh, all the stuff we're always talking about, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically intersect. When you hear the word intersectional, just think woke. <clears throat> DRL's objective is to combat discrimination, harassment, and abuses against. All right. All right. So it, it talked a whole bunch about religious freedom and people getting to practice what they want, right? But now the objective is to combat discrimination, harassment, and abuses against atheist, humanist, non practicing, and non affiliated individuals of all religious communities non-affiliated of all religious communities, that's hilarious, by strengthening networks among these communities and providing organizational training and resources. In other words, what they're doing, they have question. identified... interject. Okay. Why are they doing anything with religion? There's supposed to be the separation of religion, state. Oh, very... They're, they're, they're deliberately undermining religion, dude. Deliberately. This is saying, we're going to promote atheism 
and and the protection of atheist, human, humanists, and non-practicing, non-affiliated individuals. The activity should take place in two to three countries selected from within one of the following regions: South Central Asia, uh, the Middle East slash North Africa, excluding Libya, Syria, and Yemen. That's hilarious. <laughs> countries within the NEA region, as defined by the State Department. I don't even know what that is. I'd have to look that up real quick. Um, so basically, they're going to places where the government does have some sort of expectation or, you know, mandated religious practice, right? And undermining that country's religion by, by funding the cooperation and, and, you know, organization of non-believers, of atheists, of other people who don't choose to comply with that government's, you know, mandated religion. So we're funding the undermining of other countries' religious faiths. That's what we're doing in the name of freedom of religion, which is an American value. So it's like we're, it's an imperialist thing because it's like we're going to take our values and promote them elsewhere. And the left is supposed to be like really, really against imperialism, right? Mm. Like really against it. Like that's kind of like the whole white supremacy thing. That's where it all starts is like imposing your values on others. So we're going to go to, I don't know if you've noticed, but a whole bunch of black, brown, and otherwise, you know, people of color type nations and say, uh, we don't like the fact that you make these people believe in stuff. Um, so we're going to undermine your entire like culture um, and, and infect it with atheism. I don't even know what to say, dude. But- yeah. One article I was able to find about it on Fox News. House Republicans demand answers from Biden ad- admin over grants to promote, quote, a- to, quote, promote atheism worldwide. Yep. I mean, we, we've become, by and large, our, our politicians have proven that they are godless sons of bitches, and now they want to just redirect that onto third world countries. This letter, this official letter to the State Department. <laughs> points out that humanism and other belief systems are certainly protected under the first amendment, but they would like to know to quote, like to know what other United States government programs supported with appropriated funds are being used either to encourage inculcate or to disparage any official belief system, atheist, humanist, Christian, Muslim, or otherwise. It's one thing for the state department to be tolerant and respectful of a wide range of beliefs and to encourage governments to respect religious freedoms. But it's quite another for the U.S. government to work actively to empower atheists, humanists, non-practicing, and non-affiliated in public decision-making, the letter said. Any such program for any religiously identifiable group in the United States would be unconstitutional. To your point, they're violating, if they they were providing this funding in the United States, they would be, by by default, violating the First Amendment. Which they're... Because they're specifically promoting atheism, humanism, and non-belief. Which is its own religion. Let's make no mistake about it. I mean, if you sure. have, if yeah. you, if you say you're an atheist, that's your religion, dude. I mean, I'm telling you, we I talk about this all the time, and I get varying degrees of, you know, either like, damn right it is, or ah, you're crazy. But we are in the midst of the fiercest. Like, <clears throat> I'll go back to World War One. There's the most amazing podcast of all time which I think I've talked about before. It's like a five part, you know, almost a hundred hour series on 
World War One by Dan Carlin, who's the host of uh, Hardcore History, where he explains in great detail what World War One was all about. Before World War One, which was the meeting of East and West down through the heart of Europe, right? Along the border of like France and Germany, right? The, the, the trench warfare that went from the North Sea all the way to the Mediterranean, right? A couple thousand mile long trench fight, right? Mm. That lasted uh, six, seven, eight years, something like that. <clears throat> it, every war in history, and partic- more importantly, I guess, every battle in history prior to World War I had generally lasted like a morning to maybe a, a, the better part of a day, right? Like you would have two armies with shields clash and one would win, the other would run, right? And it, it would mm-hmm. more or less be over. Maybe the camps would regroup and reinforcements would come in. Maybe they'd clash again, right? But there'd be like distinct protracted fighting that couldn't possibly last for more than a day because the sun would go down, right? And they didn't have the technology to fight in the dark. So that was warfare until World War I when, when it started, the French rode on horsebacks with drawn sabers literally right into German machine guns and got mowed down by the thousands until they realized, oh, this isn't the Napoleonic Wars anymore and it's not chivalrous to just ride into machine gun fire. Let's do this differently. And that's when the <laughs> trenches... I'm serious, dude. I'm dead ass serious. I, I, I know, I know. Dead serious. They considered it... That was, that was honorable because the French... They used to be fierce-ass warriors, right? And their thought was, you charge, you just go. And then... But this time, there were guns. And they were like, hmm, this isn't good. But it took them like a year to stop doing it. They lost tens, if not hundreds of thousands not of slow men. learners. They had to change. I mean, they had to change their whole war culture, right? Like they literally had to change the way they had trained generations of men to think, right? Mm-hmm. So then it was stalemate, right? Stalemate, and there was this. But so what ended up happening was like traditional battles have kind of, in large part, gone away. Certainly during those two wars, because you would have, you know, you had the line running, like I said, fifteen hundred miles long, and it was like manned the entire way. And there would be skirmishes that would break out and they were shooting each other through the night. So like the Battle of Verdun is like the most bloody, crazy, really one of the most crazy battles in, Amer- in the whole history of the world. Maybe the most. Like oh, hundreds of thousands of men died in this one spot of Verdun, France. But it lasted like three months, right? The Battle of Verdun was like a three-month ordeal. Not a one-day ordeal or one-morning ordeal, right? Mm-hmm. I said a whole lot there and I completely lost my train of thought. How did this tie back to all this crap? Uh, We were talking about atheism and then pushing that agenda into the, these third world places and in the process violating the separation of church and state. So, 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 so the war between good and evil has existed since God created the universe. Right. And, you know, cast Satan and his lot into hell. Right. There's been this, there's been this cosmic battle of good and evil ever since, right? And much like World War One and Two, it it's kind of nonstop, and the battles rage for like there will be periods of calm where peace somewhat reigns because people are believing and trying to act right, and then there's periods where you know the the forces of evil have advanced into French territory and pushed the envelope, right? And now there's like protracted battles to push it back, and vice versa, right? So we're in the midst. I feel like of like a Verdun type moment in terms of the cosmic battle of good and evil. It is nonstop chaos. Dude, they estimate during the battle of Verdun, 
according to that podcast, that a thousand mortar rounds a second were exploding for weeks. Mm. A thousand, dude, not gunfire, mortar rounds, right? Imagine living in a place for weeks where a thousand bombs are going off a second for 24 hours a day. Like when we hear the term shell shocked, that's what that came from. Yeah. It came from World War One, and these men having to endure that kind of shit. You wouldn't be able to hear bombs. It would just be like, bah! just not stop, right? You're feeling it, hearing it, you know, just seeing it. What so you're talking about, um, I heard, a, I saw a Dennis Prager clip the other day, which he said the, the thing, the biggest threat to the degradation or the reason why society is degradating it, degrading, degrading. It's such a fat, such at such a fast clip is because of secularization, the right. you know turning away from the Bible, yeah, God, and, God and value higher, a higher power. If you want to be even more just generic with it, yeah, yeah, and, and get and, and I'm not even going to say that Christianity. Like if you're a practicing Buddhist or like we've talked about before or a, a Hindu or whatever, you're probably going to use that religion as a guiding light in your life. In, That's right. There is a higher authority is the main, right. The main point. Right. And now it's just got, here we are pushing atheism. Right. So we're in the midst of this, like, it's not, I don't believe it's the end of days. Cause I don't really believe in the end of days. I don't think that's what, I don't believe that's what revelation was about. I believe the book of revelation was a retelling of the story of the entire Bible in basically the form of a fever dream, which is mankind is created. Mankind is told what to do. Mankind turns away from God. God, therefore, then punishes man. God, you know, mankind loses his way. Massive destruction and chaos reigns. God redisciplines mankind. Mankind has a revival, gets itself right for a period of, say, 40 years, and then the cycle repeats itself, right? Like, I mean, if you read Revelation, it even says in there that, you know, that, that, that Satan will be bound for a period of time and then will come back. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's telling that same story, dude. It's I, I believe it two ways. I believe it's both the end of days, meaning one of these days we will F it up so bad that it'll just have to be restarted. But it's also a story of every moment of every human being's life and humanity as a collective's existence, where it's like you're always facing the end of days. Right. And this constant battle of, you know, Satan who can be bound by God and kept out of your life if you do the right things and you bring about bring Christ back to the world by being Christ like living in Christ in the world. Right. We say, oh, Jesus, I'm not worried about any of this because Jesus is going to come back. We're told to bring him back. Right. Mm -hmm. He is alive in us if we are alive in him. Right. So that's the way I read it. I don't think we're necessarily facing the end of humanity. Maybe we are, but we're definitely facing a peak in this never ending war where the battle is raging at a fever pitch. And the well, fact that the China United States the government US go to war, dude, there's going to be like the, the loss of life is we're going to, Oh, but the elites here. aren't going to kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The, the oh. Catastrophic losses of life, but the elites aren't going to let themselves die. My point um, is just that if the United States government is out funding atheist causes, what more do you need to know about how gripped by evil our country's leadership has become. Oh, possessed yeah, by the no, it's, it's no possessed doubt. by the devil. No, no doubt about that. Uh, and, how, and how did he do that? You can 
<laughs> there's a pretty good movie called The Usual Suspects. The greatest trick the devil ever p- pulled was convincing these leftists that he didn't exist. There's a couple other bullet points here we're not going to have time we to dive five. into. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Soros border contract, you saw this. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about this on the next show uh, because the, <laughs> the border p- crisis isn't going anywhere. But when you talk about Soros getting a government contract to make sure that illegals aren't deported, that's a big problem. And it was a $172 million contract. Uh, and then, of course, AOC about, wait, arrested wait, wait. this week. Yeah, yeah, screw her. How about the fact that the mayor of D.C. and now the mayor of New York are complaining about all the illegals that the state of Texas oh, has been busting? Oh, sorry about you. Yeah, yeah. Like she, this, layer, this lady from D.C., it's so hilarious. She's like, we feel that these immigrants are being tricked. They don't want to come to D.C. They're final. They're just they're asylum seekers whose final destination is like somewhere else. And that sorry, those sorry Texans are tricking them into coming to D.C. Guess what? We don't want them either. Tough, Shh, tough, tough. We tough don't want way. them. We have too many. You know what? Come across the border legally. Bowser. Through the- Her name is Muriel Bowser. Remember the name Bowser? That's the bad guy from Mario Brothers. Yeah, we can't support them. That's the problem. And I don't blame any, I don't blame a single one of them. I would probably do the same thing. I want to be on record as saying that it's not their fault. It's also, it was a brilliant for having an open border, which is something that no other country in the world has. Uh, Okay. And then, dude, I have to mention AOC. I'm handcuffed, but wait, I'm going to wave to the crowd real quick because I love me some AOC so much that I can't control it. Did you see the mugshot though? Did you first, did you see how well she was put together for that whole charade? She looked beautiful. Like, yeah, yeah. uh, You know, and then her mugshot looks like the cops like beat her up, roughed her up. Her hair is all disheveled. She looks like holy hell. Yep. I I can't just, dude. Yep. (laughs) Um, While we were talking about that last couple minutes, uh, I get a pop up. Yet another presumably healthy young uh, former athlete. Former Notre Dame offensive lineman who was 35 years old dropped dead of a heart attack on a on a run in this neighborhood. Mm, nothing to do with COVID. Sure has been a lot of those, man. Meanwhile, Fauci says it's becoming more and more difficult to get people to listen because Americans, surprisingly, are fed up with COVID-19 pandemic and want it behind them. <laughs> and shots that don't work. <laughs> shots that don't work, too. Oh, Boosters are not a thing, as your two brother plus told us. Two equals five. We got to go. Uh, I'm Cable yep. Smith. Forge Chisholm Cook, thanks for tuning in to episode 87 of Justified Pursuit. That was so much fun. I can't wait to do it again next week, Chisholm. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Love you guys. Battle rages, but God wins in the end. And we clean our guns while we turn our cheese. We're like angels and demons and dogs in heat. Baby, raise your glass, but don't cut your teeth. Just show your sweet tooth grin to everyone you meet. Tell me what's this world that we're clinging to? It's all for one, but none for two. Pierce your skin with a heart tattoo. And tell me what's this world that we're clinging to